here and we still love our theme song we're bouncing up and down in the studio here i don't know if it's a song or a combination of the song we've had lots of tea and coffee but we're excited about it we're good to be here with you on the dock i'm pastor troy i'm uh, right here i got my lovely wife sitting right next to me uh mother beth's here in the studio here how you doing mother beth you, i don't hear you at all yeah Check. Oh. I'll check uh, one too. Yeah, I got you. Too. I'll, I'll get Sorry. around the corner. Yeah, we're all about conversations that propel your faith out of the shallows into the deep. Thanks for joining us. We're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, Servernet, and we'd love to hear from you on our social media partners: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. We want to see you on Instagram. I finally learned how to use Instagram. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to everybody. I'm, now that I got all these people following me, they send me. I get to see their stuff. I just get more stuff than I want to see, but I appreciate everybody sending it. So I can't keep up with it all. I can't. I don't know how to share stuff on Instagram. I, 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 I do. It's very difficult. Very difficult. You got to do this follow thing, the plus thing, and then you got to go do the list. I think, I think you have to be you a have millennial. To go through the list. Yes, but you can form a group, and I formed a group, and I got one in a group. Oh but then you got to keep it. But I got to keep adding people to the group. I never had Instagram. So That's hey, hey once you find us, uh, subscribe to us, hit like, notify. Hey, please go be our friend on Telegram, especially on the dock. I've got a bunch of you on mine because you get it from me. But go get it from the source. Get it right on the dock. Go find on the dock. Subscribe to that. Hey, and Getter. We need people on Getter. I think I'm yet on Getter. So so go to Getter. It's supposed to be the new hot thing. We'll see what happens. So uh, and then become our partner or sponsor on Patreon. Go to Patreon. Download on the dock with uh, with Pastor Troy. We have four tiers of partners that you can just support what we're doing, help us build out on the show, and do greater things for the kingdom of God. We'd love to have your help. Um, we, we we've got three. Uh, levels in which you can become a sponsor if you're a business owner, small group, or, or organization group, or something like that, and you want to get get involved. We'd love to have you, and we can talk to you about ways to do that. And we're working on a plan to maybe have opossum cam. We're working on opossum cam, opossum cam. So opossum. maybe we'll eventually like have that. an opossum feed where you have to pay like five bucks a month to to, to go watch us on opossum feed. I don't know. We're, we're working on it. All creative ideas, but we'd love to have you as our Patreon partner. If you have any questions, you can go to onthedoc.org, and you can find at our website templates uh, uh, the whole template to watch. It right there. We have an embedded viewer. You can watch the show right there. You can also get to all of our websites, all of our viewing sites. There's portals there that Haley's put in. You can click and go right to YouTube, right to Telegram. You don't even know what a YouTube is. You can click there. If you don't know what a Telegram is, it'll send you there. What's and, a YouTube? Yeah, what's a YouTube? What, what is that? Who, who, who says what's a Who's YouTube? 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 Who's YouTube? Info at on the doc.org is our email. You can email us at any time to get questions answered or just tell us we're doing a good job. If we're doing a bad job, don't tell us. Okay. Yeah. We're doing our best. <laughs> Finally, I got around my table, my, my my incredible team. I've got Mother Beth at the right of me, right across the aisle, and at angles, Donna Kronuski here. Hi, Donna. Hello. Hello. Say hello to my little friend. And then Ben Olini over here in the wool cap. You can you can tell me if I'm doing a bad job. Uh, Ben's a real hot head. He's got the hot on the head on. I need the criticism. And then we got Lucas Winkle over our Techno Wizard Executive yep. Director over there on mic on the best camera. Yep. Yeah, we all look rough. Hi, He's Lucas. got the good camera. Hi, Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Lucas. 
Uh, and then we're here today. We're trying to continue on in our incredible series called The High Calling. And we're looking at how to help people live truly like Christ. And we're doing it by trying to help people get past just being saved and really get into the great things that God has. And God's got a great mission for you. And we've been talking about, we, we have a good introduction episode. Go back two episodes ago. The last episode was on the new faith. As you go into God's things, you really begin to build your faith. But what next comes is to keep doing the things of God. Today, we're going to talk about the new courage that comes as you get stronger, you get the courage to do greater and greater things for God. So we're in the high calling. Uh, if you want the sermon series, this was actually a sermon series we did at Community Faith Church back in August and September of 2021. Go find those. You can find those on the sermon net or YouTube or Facebook site of Community Faith Church. Go back and find those videos. Probably YouTube and sermon net are the best way to find it. And you can go to the archives and watch that. And if you check in our show notes, uh, Donna will probably have a link maybe to get to some of those and help you out. Mm-hmm. That'd be yes. a good idea. She had that idea, so we'll do that. Uh, we weren't, we're, we're trying to get you to the high calling. We're not trying to get you saved. We're hoping if you're listening to this, you're already saved. If you're not saved, we do want you saved. But we're trying to get you to the high calling, that that thing beyond salvation. Salvation is not the end. A lot of people think, well, I got saved, I'm done. You know, you haven't arrived. That's the starting point on the GPS where God is taking you to the holy mountain. He's got a mission and a plan. You were born with a purpose. God has a plan and a destiny for you, and it's not sitting on the couch, sitting in the pew, sitting in that chair. It's doing the things of God. So whatever God leads you, God's going to only you to do it. That's the high calling. I call it the anoklesis. The, the, that's the Greek for the upward, the brim, above the brim work that God wants you to do. He's inviting you, klesis. He's calling you out. And, and I think our church right now is so anemic around the world because very few people are doing anything more than just being members, being couch potatoes. And uh, what God really wants us to be is disciples. He wants us to go with him, and he wants us to do the things that Matthew 28 said. Go teach, baptize, do those amazing things, and, and be the church of Acts. Be the Acts Church. I think it's a great thing. So we'll look at that right now. Our scripture for this whole series that is based in Philippians 3.14, and it says these words, I press toward the goal for the prize, Paul writes this, of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Not just being saved, not just being the church at Philippi. He wants, to be, wants them to be the most excellent church at Philippi. All that God ever called it. God he, Paul wants me and you to reach for the mark of that prize of the high calling. And Paul says that he had not already attained it, but he was striving to it. He didn't claim to be perfect, but he said the goal of every Christian, though we may never reach perfection, our goal should be to climb that holy mountain with clean hands and a pure heart. So that was his goal for us all. So let's let's get into this. Uh, let me see if I can jump in the notes. We talked about new faith, and and let me just make a summary. We, we, we said in the last one that you have to, the first key is you got to sacrifice your image and always maintain it first cost your integrity. Don't worry about what you look like. Make sure to start that call, that journey up the mountain. You've got to have the integrity first and foremost. Quit worrying about whether people like you or approve of you. Make sure God likes you and God approves of you. We also talked about giving up. Don't ever let tra- tradition can be good, but don't ever let tradition tradition become your come your idol. Make sure your faith in God is your first and foremost. We also said make sure that you're not working for people, being a son of man, living according to what people want for you. Make sure you're living as a child of God, doing the things God wants. And then finally, we talked about in the last episode. Go watch it. You don't want to live like the like it's the. You're off the energy of the former rain. Like, man, it's all over. I'm living off my glory days. I played high school football and I'll never play again. And my rest of my life for 80 years is useless. No, you want to live saying, hey, that was a fun time, but God's got something fresh and new. I want to get up off the couch. I want to go. Maybe you excel at this level where you're at right now. Maybe you're teaching Sunday school. 
What, what if you went and helped develop a Sunday school in another place? Go taught Sunday school, or instead of teaching Sunday school, go teach a Bible study at the house of hope at two o'clock in the afternoons for people that don't have a home and don't have a church. You know, what if you stepped up to another level? I mean, that's living for the latter rain, not the former rain. That's going forward and living for the spring and what hopes forward. So we talked about finally that we're all about getting to that third day that requires new faith. That's what we talked about. Now we're going to talk about new courage. We're going to get to new perspective and new relationship in uh, next episode uh, and get a little deeper because that's going to be really rewarding. And we learned in the last episode that if you want to get that next level of faith, you got you, you got to keep pushing. Number two, it's a faith in process. God's not done with you. He's still working on you. Uh, faith's got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Make sure it's not being led by wrong motives. You know, pure hands, clean heart. Mustard seed faith. As God grows you through this, he's going to expand you, and your capacity to do more is going to be greater. Just like as you learn how to lift 200 pounds, then you can learn how to lift 205 pounds. Then you can learn how to lift 210 pounds. You know, you're not going to lift 220 pounds till you've lifted probably 200 pounds. So you have to work through the process and you have to push it. But if you push it here, God will give you more opportunity. And then finally, it just takes sheer obedience. You just got to just be faithful and, and God will meet you there. So let's get into the fresh ground because I think it's exciting. What is this fabric that as you exercise your faith, as you begin to work into your calling, what is this fabric of new courage? It, it, to me, it says here, I wrote these notes, it's the courage to take the word world on for Jesus Christ, even when you're one among thousands. I want to give an illustration for it, and then, then we'll talk about this. Uh, what, you know, what, what does it take to get you off the couch? It takes a little courage. To get up off the couch, you have to, well, number one, you have to get up. Uh, that takes a little faith just that your legs will hold you. Then you have to have the courage to go actually do something you think you should do. And then, you know, what if you fail at it? What if, what if, what if your mom doesn't like it? What if your friends on Facebook don't like it? You know, what if it wastes your time? You know, so there's all these what ifs. You have to have the courage to, despite that to go. Um, I was in years ago, I was in Honduras traveling with a group of high end pastors, uh, Mark Jordan, Shane Bishop. We were all very successful pastors doing great things, different things for God. Every one of us different. And Fred took a bunch of us on a trip because it was probably going to be one of his last trips that direction. I don't know if it's his last trip, but he wasn't going to be doing too many more at his age uh, to Central America. And he wanted us to go meet with the pastor of the largest church there and the second largest church there. So that was Pastor uh, Misael and Pastor Marco. Uh, pastor Marco was with, uh, the, four, with the, the uh, Four Square Church. Uh, the other one was with La Coseche, uh, two larger churches. Now, when Fred started with them and I went the first time with Fred, uh, they were meeting in a, uh, what was it? Carport. Carport. Uh, we took them a Casio keyboard, a child's Casio. Well, we didn't take it. They, they had a cat. When we went to worship there, just say it's a lean to of a carport about the size of ours at the house. If that with tile floor, just a little outdoor hot. And the band was playing, man. You're going to love Ben. Uh, Lucas, you're going to love this. The band had a Casio keyboard, not the Casio that you're thinking. <laughs> We're not talking about 88 key, 76 key, 52 key. We're talking about children's Casio 22 key, maybe. Mm -hmm. very small key. We're talking about Schroeder keyboard. That'll make a joyful <laughs> noise. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Very small children's keyboard, beginner set junk. They had, you'll love this, Lucas. They had wired the wires for the speakers into two speakers. There's no port. Nobody even dreamt of exporting sound from that thing to a sound system. <laughs> so nobody from Casio put a jack in it. Because they never wanted it to be heard. It was for a child. They had gone in, pulled the wires from the speakers, 
wired it and put a jack on it and was able to put it in their speakers and they were playing that and it, it, it you know it didn't sound good but it were, it made a joyful noise for the lord that's how they started they were starting small groups things were going and they said well, we could really use a computer to track our home groups they were beginning to build these little home groups so we we carried old computers over there on one trip we took bibles we took tracks over there because the pastor said you know the pastor said i have a vision <laughs> one year he says i have a vision I have a vision to do a crusade in the soccer stadium and see that everybody in this town can be evangelized. He's got a carport church with a Casio keyboard. But two years later, they held that thing in Ooh, the stadium. Awesome. They used a helicopter to pour anointing oil around the city on multiple laps. Mm -hmm. And they basically won. Listen, Central America, Honduras is part of the Latin world. The whole Latin Central America always had. If you know anything from the time you hit Mexico to the time you hit South America, the dominant religion, you may know what it is. Roman Catholic Church. Everybody, everybody's Latin. Everybody's Catholic. Makes everybody. There may be a few other things, but but the dominance is Catholic. The only non-Catholic nation became Honduras. And we watched it happen. And Fred Bishop was one of the apostles. They had a vision that he would be one of the apostles that would help it to happen. And we, we simply took them a new keyboard, some new computers, some new Bibles, some new books, some tracks, and, and, and God moved. So when Fred goes there, he's considered the apostle to the movement that made the first Latin American country. I mean, he's, he's infamous there. I mean, I mean, Fred here, like nobody knows Fred Bishop, you know, there, I mean, Fred Bishop is known. I mean, it's amazing. And to go there, you sit in honor this church. Now the church now that was the little church is in a building that holds 30,000 people, open church, beautiful, gorgeous. So it is the soccer stadium now. Yeah, <laughs> it is the soccer stadium. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. New courage. Uh -huh. I mean, just unbelievable. So, so we were, I went there, Fred had such influence. He decided that with Shane and me and Mark, that we need a bigger vision. There were several other pastors. He took us all and he said, I'm going to get you in front of these biggest pastors and let them lay hands on you and cast vision and let you have access to ask them everything you always ever wanted. So we went on a trip just to have them meet with us and cast vision and help us see bigger because they had passed us. <laughs> we helped them get started and they passed us because they, their faith and courage outgrew us. And now the church here needs help. So we were up in La Entrada. We, we took a visit up to Degusagapa where God was moving up in there too. We came back through La Entrada coffee region, great coffee region. And it, it was an area where I'd stopped once before. They went to show us the Mayan ruins, the, the lesser and greater ruins. Mm -hmm. Many people have been sacrificed. La Entrada is a city where Fred said, he said, you know, gosh, We've never been able to get anything started here. There's so much of this. They have a Mayan Catholicism hybrid cult mm. that pretty much dominates the area. So there's been many sacrifices and many people died over the centuries. And so nobody's ever done any good there. While I was about that point, the Lord spoke to me in that bus. We were driving and said, I heard the Lord say, I want you to go international planting churches. That's the first time the Lord spoke to me. And I said, well, Lord, I can't take people international plant churches here. I haven't done it myself. I've just planted churches in America. I've written a book on it called Making a Church from Scratch by Bristol House. And I'm pretty good at that in America, but I have no idea whether it would even translate. And so the Lord said, you know, go do it. So so I went up to Fred, sat down and said, Lord, I, the, Fred, the Lord tell, tells me I need to go plant a church somewhere over here. I don't know what to do, but I think I'm supposed to take my family and we're just supposed to go see if what we do works. And I think if I do it, God's going to open opportunity for me. And Fred says, well, you, the Bible says, don't build on another man's foundation. He says, I have San Pedro. Another one that he worked with did Tegucigalpa. Mm -hmm. Somebody else was doing La Ceiba. That was the Okies. And he says, 
you know, frankly, we're in La Entrada right now. None of us have done anything good here. And you're the kind of guy that makes impossibles happen. You're a tough dude. He says, I think La Entrada's for you. And La Entrada's yours. And so it was right then when I decided I'd come back and we plant church there. You know what I mean? Right then. And I, I have to say to you, when when that happened, it it was like nobody's done he didn't do good there the okies didn't good these are guys are legends in my mind these three other pastors are legends in my mind this is an apostle maker for the nation and he said i think this city's ripe for you okay yeah he didn't pitch you a softball no no (laughs) i was like but you know what i got excited because it looked impossible and it gave me a chance to be a shadrach and a meshach and a bendigo and i went home and told my wife and she's, I don't know why she went with me. Why'd you go? We brought all our kids. I don't know. You don't know why? <laughs> we had a great time and we were successful. And we planted the church and it's connected to the quadrangular church, the four square church. So they gave us a pastor. We did the work, planted it, and they took it over and oversaw it. And we, we were highly successful. And that's what led then to Liberia and other stuff. It took new courage. I mean, it took getting all things. We had raised $30,000 ourselves. We did barbecues ourselves. We raised money ourselves. We got people to help. And we worked hard to do it for a year while we trained and planned. And then we went and spent 30 days. It took an entire month to go there to, to spend the time to do what we needed to do. It was a great experience for our family. It's called Seeds of Faith Tour. If you ever want to see it, I have a video on the whole report. So you could email me and let me know. It's a 2007 video. If you remind me, maybe I'll give you a link yeah, to it and yeah. we put it up. You can see the report on the work we did. Mm, it's amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. I saw God do things on that trip I'll never, ever see again. Because it was like it was like when Fred said, take Lon Trout, I was like, oh, fresh ground. And then later on, I realized why it was fresh ground. They killed so many people there that, that the Lord had lost interest in it. But the Lord, I found out, hadn't lost interest. He just didn't have anybody interested in going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we saw God move. It took new courage. That's the kind of new courage I'm thinking about. So we're looking for new courage. New courage says that that I could be one among, Job, Job says, uh, 33, 23, I could be one among a thousand. It's a spirit that says, even if everybody's against me, I'll stand it. Daniel, even if everybody else bows, I'm not going to bow. And if I have to go in the lion's den, I go in the lion's den. If I have to go in the furnace, I go in the furnace. It's it's the it's the mentality that if, if God is for me, Romans 8, 31, if God is for me, who can be against me? That's kind of that's the kind of the fiber of the new courage that I'm talking about. How does that inspire you guys? What do you think about that? Can you see how you got new faith and the faith gets you off the couch? The faith gets you up in the line, but the courage is what brings you up to bat and makes you swing the bat. Even when the pitcher's throwing a faster ball than you think you can hit. Have you ever been challenged in a situation where you know you're out of your league, but you're not out of God's league? Definitely. Yeah. It looks like you look like you, you know, you're a grasshopper and they're giants, but then God called you up and for God, the problems that you're facing are just grasshoppers for him. That's how I felt at that time. And when, when the rain, I, you guys all heard me tell the story. When the rain came, I thought we were busted. I dropped like a sad little puppy. It started to rain right before the revival. And I thought it was going to be over and it was all going to be ruined. And I didn't know that the rain was a miracle. And the people flogged us because the rain was an act of God for them. We just didn't know. It just took faith and courage to get up there. And yeah, I was a little bit like the cowardly lion at that moment. But it didn't take me long to realize, oh God, I'm ashamed of myself. I forgot to keep my eye on you in the process. You got this thing. This is your problem, not mine. The 30,000 wasn't mine. The 30,000 was yours. You own the cattle on the Thousand Hills. 
You ever had those moments, guys, when, when you've had to step up and you're not knowing you can hit the ball till you actually take the swing? I think the only thing I can think of is packing out a container <laughs> with pretty much my onesie to uh, organize it and inventory it and manifest it. That was a huge scary for me it was just scary because you don't want to fall flat you want to get done what needs to be done you want to get sent what god needs to have get there on the other side of the ocean and i'd never done that before and so that was very daunting in, in my little worldview of logistics oh. and how to make things happen. That just seemed like... Had you seen... I, I know you've seen pictures of when they unload the container over there because we sent I pictures. Have, yeah. But I mean, and they, and they tell the story, but to be there and to feel the energy, yeah. the energy when the community comes up, when that container backs up and life comes out of it. I'd like to see that end of it sometime. Yeah. So you, you've got to go see it sometime yeah. because yeah. it's it's a buzz. They can empty that container faster with people than we can with a forklift. Right. It's amazing. They, they don't even need it. They get it down. And what's funny is that we send these expensive uh, crates around or electric uh, mm -hmm. equipment. We think, what, what are we going to do with the wasted lumber? Man, they got, they're got they refurbishing their houses yeah, with it before yeah, we're out of the place. Yeah. Well, we've, we've sent it with the medical uh, equipment. And then once we did it with food. Food. Oh, yeah. And During was, Ebola, we sent mm -hmm. three or four containers yeah. of food. And we even, like, overloaded the semi where it was. So it was illegal. And, you know, they yeah. sent it. I know. That's God we, right there. <laughs> we, we didn't know you could over. We, we actually didn't know. For those who are listening. Right. The containers, we didn't know there was a limit on the container. We thought all that you could stuff in, you can get. Right. So we had this bulk food. All those in barrels mm -hmm. are very heavy. Mm -hmm. So we loaded it. And the truck driver gets it. And he takes it to the weight scale. And he says, I'm, I'm overweight. And the container's overweight to be lifted. Right. Or, or what they would approve. Well, it wasn't axle. It wasn't equaled out. It wasn't equal out in the axle because we had more beans we had in the front more and, in one yeah. end of it than the other yeah the light stuff was in the back whatever. it was and, illegal on several levels so <laughs> many bad ways so he started calling the shipping company started calling the rail company and when they told him it was ebola emergency reef for liberia everybody said well we'll, we'll give an exception we'll give an exception and, and the only thing they tell us to be praying for is when they go to lift it with the liberian lift be praying that he can actually handle it we're not sure <laughs> You know, and the thing made it and it was just God was in it oh, and, yeah. and you wouldn't have known it till we stuffed it. Right. We, didn't, we tried not to do that again after that. But <laughs> well, and but, then we had to protect it on the other end. We labeled it like medical, <laughs> yeah. um, nutritional, supplemental, yeah. something, yes. something. So they wouldn't know that it, it was rice it, and it, beans. It, yeah, and you never tell and corn and, you never tell people it's new Nike shoes or oh, new clothes. You would, tell them it's old medical they shoes. They would cut that seal it, off and yeah. just it would be gone. Absolutely. And so, uh, that God had His hand all over that. Well, the fabric of yeah. courage, I think, is no is better found. If I think there's no better version for courage. Let me read my favorite guy is Joshua. Joshua one one through nine uh, says these words: After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun. Uh, now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. I've given you, as I said to Moses, uh, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. In other words, Moses is dead. He did it one way. You're now going to go do it the other way, but you're going to finish the mission. Mm -hmm. You're going to be quite different leaders, but, but, but I'm going to be with you like I was with him. Then he says, verse 5, I love it. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's a promise by God to Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And he was with Moses. I will not leave you nor forsake you. What a blessing. God's saying that to all of us today. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Stand your ground. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego 
said, even if we burn, he won't leave us or forsake us. We'll be with them. Be strong and of good courage. Verse six, for to this, for to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance, the land, which I swore to their forefathers to give them. In other words, you're going to, you're going to reap the inheritance that I've been planning for years for Israel. Verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. That's what's required. Not just the faith to get up, but you're going to have to, the battle you're going to have to face, loading that container, taking the risk to go make that trip to a place where nobody's ever been successful, you know, stepping out and doing that new thing you've never done before. And it doesn't have to be going across the sea. It could be just stepping out and being willing to be a leader in your worship team, being a leader on your camera team, you know, being a leader in, in a tech area or a children's ministry. It can be all kinds of areas. That could be your first place to step up and it'd be the beginning of a new journey. So only be strong and be courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant command you do what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And I love this. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. In other words, fulfill the Bible do the word for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? This is the Lord's command. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. There's a method there. That's the beginning of the journey. Let me show you how the journey ends. Joshua 23. Therefore, at the end of his journey, Joshua, be very courageous to keep and do all that is written in the book of law, lest you turn aside to the right or the left. Look at this. I love this. It's backside of the journey. Mm -hmm. The front side, backside. Unless you go among these nations, those who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their God. They're in the land now. They're not. They're, they're going to cross the land. Now they're in the land. They're in the land. They're settling the land. Now... Those who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods. Don't fail. Don't. You've made it from, from across the water to in the water. You're not done yet. You're going to settle land. Your kids are going to be great. Your, your kids' kids are going to be great. But do this. Don't worship their gods. Don't cause any of them to swear by them. Don't serve them, verse 7, verse 8. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God. Pure hearts, clean hands. Stay there. As you have done to this day. Do what you've done, and I'll keep doing what I do, God says. Do what you've done, keep, I'll do what I do. Verse 9, for the Lord has driven out from you before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall put a thousand to flight. That's King James, I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you. It's God who's, this is God's problem. If we're on God's call, going to his high call, it's God's problem, as he has promised you. Not done yet. Last one, Joshua 24, 15. Joshua says, okay, if it seems evil for you guys, he's talking to the, he's the leader. He's the family head, the leader of Israel. He's telling everybody in the crowd, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. You can do what you want to do. Free will. We all, remember, we all have free will. We talked about that in episode two. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve. Whether the gods of your fathers serve that we're on the other side. If you want to be like the ones that died in the wilderness, serve the old traditions, serve the old image, serve in the former reign. If you want to serve the sons of man, okay, you can do that. Or you can serve the gods of the Amorites. Try them. <laughs> they all died. In whose land you now dwell because we took their land. But as for me and my house, we're going one direction. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to press toward the high call that God has on us. I don't think there's a better text in the Bible that tells us that we need to have strong and courageous heart to be able to step forward. And he's saying to the whole entire nation of Israel, I don't care what you do, you choose yourself. Because really Moses, being the leader he could, he couldn't make their decision. He could just lead. 
He said, I don't care if you don't go, I, you don't go, but I'll tell you what, what my household's doing, <laughs> we're serving. That's that free will. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. It was there. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't control, even as a pastor of a church, and you're a good pastor, you can lead, you can be an example. You can't make everybody get saved. You can't make everybody get off the couch and go do the things of God. But the one thing the leader can do is he can lead by example. And as for me and my house, we're going to go. Right. If you won't go, we'll go. We'll go do it. We'll go do it. It just takes courage to do it. And others will come along eventually. I mean, I, I've got, there's an example. When, when I was in Pawnee, I got this idea to take a facility that was over. A, a, we had a drugstore that used to be a theater, used to be the theater of the town. They had a great room upstairs. It was a movie room. And the owner of the, the drugstore was friends of ours. And they said, hey, if you're looking for an alternative space, you're welcome to use it. And we went up there. It was a beautiful old movie theater with a projection floor and everything. And I had this image of a loft service with a two-tier stage, a little bit like we have here, and using the balcony for fun stuff and putting a uh, putting a sound booth up there, putting a coffee shop in it. And we, I mean, it was a hole. It was a hole. Old plaster old. on the walls. Yeah. Behind the plaster, falling off the walls, uh, there was brick. And. I just had a vision of putting a service up there, the loft. The loft was three blocks from my other church, but I had a vision of putting a completely different service in that that nobody there would want to come to. And we called it the loft. Completely different service. Same town, three blocks away. I could I walked between the two churches on Sunday morning. And I had a matching congregation to that within one year, didn't I? Yeah, it's matching. a little bitty town. Little bitty town. And I had a whole other group of people that came. I said that on Sunday, that that, that happens. It will happen. People will do it. It's amazing how when somebody sees something new, they'll give it a new chance because they, they've heard about this and that and they don't want any part of it. So you step out of a new church. So I Beth, I got the vision to do it. And most people looked at me in the church. It was an older Methodist church. They rolled their eyes and said, you got to be kidding. This is stupid. This is stupid. So I told people, I'm going to start working on it. Nobody signed up to work. So I went up for months. I coached football. I'd get done coaching football. I'd go put my stuff on and I'd put scaffolding up on the wall and we were taking the brick down and polishing the brick to get it back to the brick. It was a lot of work. Every brick had to be handled and done. It took us weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to do. On the little rail. The rail. We had to shovel stuff out on oh, the rail. The little rail yeah, things yeah, up on the balcony. Yeah, and I went through sanders and, and grinders and all this had to be done. I went up there for at least two, three, four weeks, nobody ever came to help me. Nobody. Including I cast it. No, she wouldn't come. <laughs> she couldn't breathe. You know, we were having babies. So I went up there. I would sit and I would sit. It was okay. The first couple of weeks, I just went. The third week, I sat up there and just cried. Mm-hmm. I one there was one old time when I just had tears in my face. I'm thinking, man, this is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just kept grinding. I turned the praise music up louder, and finally, this, I don't know, blue, orange, green, purple haired girl. She had multi hair. She her she changed her hair color every other week, and I loved her hair. She's the only person I've ever seen that I've enjoyed that on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, she, she had did good a great taste. Job. She was one of our youth group members, and and one day I was up there. She, I heard somebody come up the step. And I thought I look I look back and thinking, I hope this is one of the big strong men that's good at doing concrete work or something. <laughs> I could use one of them now because I know nothing. And it was this little youth girl. She was little at that time, and she says, Pastor, I just felt like I wanted to come help you. I'd been crying, you know, and I said, well, get a mask. And I got her up there and she grinded with me for a couple nights, two or three nights. She did. Next thing you know, she drug in some more friends Mm -hmm. and more friends and more friends. And then all of a sudden adults thought, well, maybe we should come up. (laughs) And before long, we had teams up there working and the place came into fashion. And a few months later, all of a sudden, magically, the place is done, and we started having worship up there. Mm. And it became one of the hottest youth centers in the whole entire yeah, town. Friday nights. Friday night, it was the place. Mm-hmm. We had bands. We had Switchfoot there <laughs> before they were Switchfoot. Yeah. We had Switchfoot there. I'm going to tell you, 
when they called us and said, could we play for a love offering? We just need some play. We got bands. Who was the other big bands we got? We have all, we had names. We had, you name them. What was that hockey puck band or the, we had the one band that like biscuit or something like that. We had all kinds of bands. Yeah, had, you name, you name the band. We had them up there. Mm-hmm. Every hot band we had there in their infancy stage. Yep. And, and we gave them love offerings and we had band after band, after band, after band, after band. Bands that would become huge now. Bands that sell out stadiums now. Mm-hmm. How many people were at Switchfoot? Twelve thousand. Yeah, we had we had an audience of two hundred. Yep. And we gave them, I think I gave them one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Where was this? At in Pawnee, 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 in the loft. Little bitty town. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. they were happy as a lark. Yeah. Oh my god! What's Not that? Really? It was. That's crazy. They're they're about a hundred grand a show now. Are they hundred yeah. grand? Mm-hmm. Man, I, I mean, gosh, we helped them out. We ought to get a cutback. What's the other one? Is there a number there's a, in their name? There's Yeah, there's another group. There was some, there's there, something with a 54 in their name. Yeah, we had all kinds of bands. I can't, so, yeah, we uh, had Children 318. Or Building 54. What was, building what was the one? Yeah. There was one. There building was a, 429. 429. Iron Biscuit or something. What was that one? That was, Iron Biscuit. I don't know. Well, we, we had all kinds. Limp Biscuit? Not uh, they were all Christian. <laughs> we had other a lot of other bands came, but we, but we I mean we we had bands every week. We got on the circuit for any band that was crossing our path. They wanted to come, yeah. and we got to where we were paying more for bands. We'd give more. We had crowds. I mean, we ran the thing off the honor system. We didn't charge for the drinks. We had a basket, and you took it out. And this is kids. You took out what you wanted, and you put money in. If you couldn't afford it, that's fine. Somebody else put money in for yeah, you. We had a little snack bar. We never lost money. We made money. We kids pulled stuff out, put money in. And then they didn't strip it bare and leave it. And I said, we'll do this as long as we have money to keep buying stuff. We'll keep buying stuff. Pepsi brought our stuff up, drinks up, food up, snack bar, pizza oven, everything. We didn't charge for anything. We just suggested what the cost was. Yep. Everything was in a basket. Any kid could walk out with it. They didn't. How about that? Place is closed now. That's cool. I left. Mm. Church went a different direction. Yeah. Ungodly pastor. Two pastors. Later, nothing happened. Isn't that sad? Mm. It was a hot place, man. It, it was, was. It was. A, it was that a great. Was it was too. a great place. And my my point is, my point is, I sit up there and my courage about broke. Mm-hmm. And right about that time it broke, I, cr- I was crying to the Lord. He sent a little girl up to help me. Hold your arms up. Yeah, hold my arms up. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. and then then the men in the church were embarrassed that the little girls were helping me. They should be ashamed. They they were. And next thing you know, I had real carpenters up there, Terry, Terry Agins and all those guys. I had the real guys show up and it looked good after that. Yeah. You know, here, we'll redo this. That was terrible. I said, yeah, that's how it was. You know, courage. You just got to step out. And, and you don't know how it's going to happen. And I thought, man, I'd made a bad decision. Probably had made a bad decision, but God didn't care. God loved me. And God loved, God, God loved that girl that was helping me. And he really turned the place around. Isaiah says, Isaiah 33, 14 says, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Faithfulness has seized the hypocrites. Fearfulness. Fearfulness. Fear, fear, I'm sorry. Thank you. That messes that up. Yes. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? So what happened is Zion, the church had been compromised. You know, it was bad. The church was compromised here. It's very bad. Things are breaking down. The sinners in Zion, they've contaminated the truth. That's a the text. There's another text here. Amos, another prophet. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion. Woe to you. Let me say this way. Woe to you who just come sit in the pew and that's all you want. You just want to sit there and you don't mind if a little girl's embarrassing you by doing more evangelism work than you're doing, more outreach. Woe to you who are at ease in Zion and trust in Mount Samaria. You're more interested in the things of the world 
notable persons in the chief chief nation to whom the house of Israel comes. You're more interested in playing around on Facebook and social media and being popular. Woe to you. The, see, church, listen to me, people. Everybody listen on the dock. The charismatic gifts, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit was not given so we could sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. It was given so we could edify the body of Christ. Right. And if we're not edifying, why do we need it? You don't need the gift of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be saved. Mm-hmm. You, need the, you need the blood of Jesus and repentance. Yeah. But why do we have the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because salvation is not the end point, like you said, Donna. It's the beginning of the journey. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too often our religious systems uh, are based on personal greed or personal, personal endowments. And to help fulfill God's agenda, we have to be willing to lay everything aside. The carpet in Greg Laurie's church had to be given over to the kids to see the growth that they would have. The deacons had to be pushed past on that will to protect the carpet over the gospel. You had to, you have to stand up and say, that's not what the church was built for. The church wasn't built to be a museum for white shag carpet. The church was meant to be a vessel where people's lives could be changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the key, yeah. but God's calling us to have enough courage to rise up and go forth and bring people into the church to bring people into relationship with Jesus Christ. Not the church is a building, but into relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joshua says these words. He says, one man of you shall chase a thousand for the Lord. Your God is he who fights for you. God is fighting for you. When you get up in new faith and you get enough courage to step up, that's what God, God sent that woman to buy that house from us. You know, she was just driving around when she saw the house and she fell in love with it. Yeah. Who drove her around there? You could say her, well, her will, she was looking. But some, something told her to turn. You know, right. God's fighting for you. He's got people that will work for you. He's promised you that he'll be there. And how he'll do it for you and how he'll do it for me will be different. And how he'll do it this time and that time. Don't worship the process. Worship the God of the process. Yeah. I've seen people try to recreate that. You have a great worship. You ever seen that, Ben? Somebody has a move of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then every week they want to do those same song sequences or the same minor chords. And if we just play the minor chords long enough, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak in tongues. And I'm yeah. not opposed to it. I love that. And, but but it'll, it will drum it up the exact same way every week. And God will jump through the hoop just like he did last week. Right. And he will impress us the way we want him to. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work that way. It's no formula. The moment you try to formalize a worship experience, it's over. Mm-hmm. The right. Toronto blessing was the Toronto blessing. The Brownsville the revival was the Brownsville revival. You know, Greg Laurie's Jesus revolution was Greg. Laurie. You can't, you can read his book. You can't recreate the Jesus revolution, right. but you can learn from the principles of it. The principle are is surrender yourself to God's plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they sound stupid, try them anyway, have the courage. What, what, what separates the dumb from the brave is the success of the outcome. You know, sometimes you do something and it doesn't work. You go, man, that was dumb. <laughs> but you go, oh, it worked. <laughs> and they're like, man, you're smart. I think what the difference is, 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 is the response. If we trust God that he has us, he will make himself look good in us. He benefits by getting the glory. He benefits mm-hmm. by getting that. He promised to fight for you. And you just say, hey, this is not my problem, God. It's yours. You called me, and if you didn't call me out and I made a mistake, I understand this is correction. Let's back up and find a new one. But either way, it's your problem. You should have grabbed a hold of me by the head. Job says, I read this story to you in reference. It says, if there's a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand to show man his God's uprightness. God can use one of us, guys, to change a thousand. One of us. 
that little girl came up those steps and caused that entire community thousands. I mean, telling you right now, all those bands came through, all these different groups came through. We saw so many people give their lives to Jesus Christ. We did forged in the fire up there for a couple of years. We led hundreds of people to Christ at it. One little girl coming up those stairs to help her pastor led thousands down the road to Christ. There are bands out there. Maybe the band wouldn't have made it had we not given them the 250 for the gas to the next place. We were the place where we, we, we took care of them. We fed them what we could. They slept in our house in a corner in the car or whatever we could put them. And we got them to the next place. And now they're, what'd you say they're getting $100,000? Golly, I should have signed. I should have said if I could be their agent. <laughs> of course, their agent's the one who called us. I don't know if it's the same agent. Maybe they got a new one. But uh, that, one, that one wasn't yeah, charging yeah, enough. They're they're no they're no longer on a label anymore. They're on their own. Yeah, they're oh, that big. Great. Oh my gosh, guys, check out this picture. I think this picture. I showed this in the church when I did the series. If you look at the picture in the circle, C.S. Lewis says, "When the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind." Hmm. Everybody there is Isle Hitler and running over for fascism. One man says, I, "I'm not doing it." He looks like he's the stick in the mud, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. But we all know how Nazi Germany turned out. It didn't turn out right. It wasn't right. It was wrong. And it just took a few people, one among a thousand, to make a difference. I mean, we were one family that made a decision to go back to Lawn Trot and try to start a church. And there's a thriving church there to this day, working in the midst of that. You just don't know what God could do with you right now. I mean, you're sitting wherever you are and, and God could really move and do some amazing things. I mean, just absolutely, guys. I mean, you just step up and you just find out. You don't know till you get off the couch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't know till you do the first rep with, and try it. You don't know till you strive out and see. I do want to tell you this. It, it sounds like it's really fancy, but I, I think anybody that's stepping out has a risk always of being misunderstood. Mm. Sometimes when you step out to do when I stepped out to start the loft, People thought I was crazy because the people in the church says, why do we need something two blocks away? You know, why? It's stupid. Why do we need something two blocks away? Why don't you just do it here? I said, well, well everybody already knows you. They know you're not insincere. This church has gone through eight pastors in 20 years. You're a pastor killer, and people are tired of the fight. They're, they're sick of churches. They're sick of that church, this church, and the other church. Mm -hmm. But but let's do something new. Let's don't name it. I don't want y'all to be connected to it. We call it the loft. I still got coffee cups to it around here. Yeah. I got the logo. It's great. Got to bring it back. Maybe bring it back. You know, but a lot of people just wanted to go to the church. They just didn't want the church with all the crap. A lot of us have a lot of crap in our church. A lot of us have a lot of crud in our faith. Mm -hmm. <coughs> we just got to, we got to get pushed past that. Yeah. We got to, we got to clean hands, pure heart. You may have to be washed a little bit. You may have to back up and knock some of those blocks down and get back to the rock, mm -hmm. but then press toward the goal of the high calling. Repent for going for image over integrity. Repent for going with tradition over over faith. Repent for trying to approve people over the son of being a son or daughter of God. Mm -hmm. Repent of living in the latter days and not the former days. We need to repent of those things. But let me say this. When you press forward, there, there's one thing I want to tell everybody. We always risk being misunderstood. People say, well, he, he's, he's got his own plan. He's got his own agenda. He just wants to spend the money. You know, why in the world do we want to, why in the world, why, I use an example today. Today, today I, I'm in trouble right now because I ordered 20 tablecloths. You know, somebody said, why do you order 20, 20 tablecloths? Well, I got an event coming up for a family member. But I'm not thinking about ordering the 20 tablecloths for that event. I've already got my mind on 12 other events that we can use the tablecloths on. 
if everybody just thinks about one thing, if we're just thinking about our own self, if we never take a look at the larger picture of other things that we can be doing, the next family Wednesday night dinner, we can have it. It'll be a little bit nicer. When we do an event, maybe for Christmas, it could be nicer. When we do the next gala, it'll be nicer. You know, there, there's, if, if everybody just thinks about what other people think, then you wouldn't do anything. You just stay paralyzed and what are other people going to think? Sometimes you just got to help tell people, I think this is the right thing to do because man, there's so much more we can do. I got places to go. I'm not stuck here. So we always risk when we step out of being misunderstood. People not seeing the larger picture. You know, they just go, well, this is not what I do. You know, most people wouldn't do anything. That's why the church is in the condition it is. Secondly, we, we run the risk of being openly ostracized openly ostracized and even persecuted. See, yes, Cosme, see, that's a waste of time. See, nobody really wants to help him, you know? And that was true up there at the loft. Nobody helped me for about three weeks. But that wasn't what, what the problem was. Uh, they were so busy talking bad about it that nobody liked it. The good part was some of their kids heard them and thought, we like the idea. They came and helped me. Well, and God was doing something in you too it wasn't yeah even about no the loft at first it, it was, was me trusting god it was about you and i had to die to myself and be willing to do the work to see what happened sow the seed and you had a lot of time alone with god while you were up yeah there. i i i you guys don't know this but i had come from before that move in that church i'd come from a very injured situation yeah. as a pastor i'd been really hurt in waterloo very hard by the bishop of our church and I didn't even want to be in Pawnee. I hated no. Pawnee. I didn't hate Pawnee, but we didn't want to be there. We had any impact or stuff. When I started doing that project, it was three years into our ministry there, and we just had unpacked our boxes in the garage. We had not put a picture on the wall, had we, oh. until that year. And I finally, the Lord gave me a vision to do stuff. And I said, okay, I guess I'm staying. I thought I was leaving. I, I came to be obedient to my bishop, but I planned to leave the church because I couldn't leave because the bishop, I had been challenged on a couple of things and I wanted to meet the challenge and I didn't want to be run out. I wanted to walk out on my own terms by the grace of God. And so I was just healing. I was broken. I'd been betrayed by a friend. I'd been betrayed by a superintendent in a way that I saw as betrayal. And, 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 you know, it was very painful. So me sitting up there for three weeks, just hanging out with God was just a healing process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I did later. It allowed me to see that other people cared for me and people that I thought had betrayed me, some had and some had, you know, I just had to work through those things. And, and so I was ostracized and persecuted to it. And at the same time, it was a great moment. And in the end, God says, Hey, why you've been ostracized and persecuted. I've been building you a new team. <laughs> I was getting them ready. I just had to wait for them to get out of school. When they got out of school, we tore things up. We, we also risk going. We, we also risk going against traditions that are designed to maintain the status quo. Most of our churches are designed to maintain the status quo. You know, if you think about this, is so true, Ben. Maybe we need to think about this. But mostly, like a Sunday morning worship service is really maintain designed to maintain the worship of the people present. It's designed to encourage people present. So it's fine to do that. But how do we engage people so that when they leave that, they're empowered to go do more? A church that is, leaves that and is empowered to go do more in ministry, more in witnessing, will be a church that prospers and grows. A church that says, okay, we'll be back next week for more of that same oatmeal is a church that really is just being fed at the trough of themselves. A lot of churches just risk, they don't want to do anything because it would go against the status. And, and they're just comfortable in the, in the cycle of self. And it's really important that as we come to worship, what are we coming to worship? What God's done in me, where God's calling me, what he's, the victories he's had, and the victories that are going to be. We forget that the, it's really a reporting service. It ought to be more like a pregame rally. Maybe we're celebrating what happened in the last game, but getting ready for the next game. I wish more of our worship services felt more like we're getting charged 
more like an electric car. We have to charge it up to go somewhere that this service is about charging us up so we can get someplace next week. And next week we'll worship about what we did and where we're going the next week. We forget that a lot. It's more like, what am I going to get out of Ben today? What am I going to get out of Lucas? What's the pastor going to put into me? Not what is he going to put in me to get me to where God wants me? I think we get the wrong perspective a lot on why we come to worship. Or what am I going to bring to the Lord? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what worship is. It's an offering to the Lord. It's, it's you know, I mean, it's both things happen. And if but, he accepts your offering, yeah. then it's likely that yeah. he'll bless you to exactly. continue going. Yeah. yeah. So many of us don't come and offer anything. We come thinking the service is an offering to us. We think it's an entertainment. We think it's, yeah. or you know, whatever. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I have a lot of people have that attitude. Yeah. Well, I don't, I didn't like the music. I didn't like the drums. I didn't like this. We're consumers. Do you ever yeah. think that? It's not about you. It may not have been about me, but did you see the guy bobbing over here that was giving himself to the Lord? <laughs> yeah. Could you just, I told one person, so I don't like this kind of music. I said, but I said, all these people are getting saved. Could you just like it for them? Yeah. Oh yeah. This music's not, not for you. Did you know that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Could you worship the Surprise. God that, that you don't go, my God, you're getting into them with music that I don't even like. It's a miracle. <laughs> you know, you could just be positive. You know, we yeah. really struggle with that. So, so we risk going against traditions. That, so you always risk, you risk being misunderstood. You risk going, uh, being ostracized. You risk going against traditions. And then we risk paying the price of walking alone. And, and what that is, is you're, you, you can, you could, you can risk your life, get out more than you, you, you might think you're going to die, but if, if you really get out there, you might get back more than you ever dreamed. Mm -hmm. Every time I've stepped out and it's been God, I've always said, I would have put more in had I known. I, I, it wasn't the suffering I thought it was. It's suffering at the moment. Oh, my God. When I got the loft open and we saw what all God did, I was embarrassed that I cried. But that was part of the process. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was embarrassed that I had such lack of faith, that I didn't just trust God. But God, it's, it's, the faith growth is an ongoing process. The courage, it takes new courage each and every day. And so uh, the parable of the talent, Luke 19, 26 says, says he said that, it's what I mean, risk your life, this is the message, risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of, play it safe and end up holding the bag. You know, I, I think that says it all. What I always like to say is Jesus was caught out on the limb. Think about it. He, he did his ministry. Judas sold him out. The, Jew, the Pharisees sold him out. His own people sold him out. And even though they sold him out, they crucified him stuck him in another man's tomb. He brought salvation to the world. <laughs> when he rose three days later, man, it was worth it. You know, yeah. some people don't understand the risk or chances that Jesus was taking, but because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, and I don't, we won't know. None of us in this room, anybody listen, all of us won't know. We won't know until we climb out on the limb and risk it. It takes courage to climb out in the rim, limb when everybody says, don't do it, you know? And often we don't do it because we're afraid of what we might lose, what people might think, what people won't like me. They'll, they'll defriend me on Facebook, you know? But again, who are we trying to serve? Are we right. trying to serve us? Are we trying to serve people? Are we trying to serve God? And new courage will always call us to trust God above all else. It will always call us to trust God above all else. New faith gets us up. New courage trusts us to climb that next hill, knowing that God's hand will be there if we start to sink. We fail. We falter. And even if we are knocked back down, God will pick me up. And if I'm killed in the process, well, sooner to get home. 
Mm-hmm. Today is gain. Yeah. You almost have to be like, I hate to say this. I hate to use Star Trek, but I'm a Trekkie. You almost have to be a Klingon. Today's a good day to die. <laughs> and you just step out and risk everything. And if you're a Ferengi, nobody likes the Ferengi. There's no profit in it. There's no profit. We're not going to do this. You're not make money. You know, the Klingon's like, hey, it's a good day to die. Let's get out there and risk everything. And when you risk everything, you can also gain everything. Could you lose everything? Not if you're holding on to God, because he is everything. That's what a lot of good people figure out. We have to have the courage to reach out and hang on to God. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's a good way to end this thing. I think it's a good one. Make sure you're waiting on the Lord, but when the Lord calls you to move out, step out, jump out. And I want to remind you, Revelation 17, 14, or use this as the last one. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Mm-hmm. Faithful means you got the faith to get up and the courage to do the work. So get out there and do that. You guys got any more concluding remarks? Any yeah. thoughts? It's good stuff. High calling is a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. We can do it though. We need to change the landscape of the church here in uh, Marion, in Heron, in Carterville, in Southern Illinois, in Illinois. We've got to change the landscape. How do we do that? We've got to get up find our faith, find our courage, move past our call into the higher things of God, press toward it, take some risks. Mm-hmm. What, what do we have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. And everything True. to gain. True enough. Yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back in another episode soon. The next episode is going to be, we're going to go one more step deeper. We're talking about the new perspective and new relationship that comes through the high calling when you want to really live like Christ. This is going to be a great one. We're going to do this real soon for you. Come back and join us and you can find out more about us at onthedoc.org. You can email us at info at onthedoc.org and we'd love to have you on any of our platforms. You can see them there, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, along with Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. Go find those platforms, check them all out, send us notes on all of them. We'd love to have you hit chat and all that stuff and go to the social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Send us pictures of your possums. We want to see your possums. If you have possums in your yard, send us pictures. Uh, tell us what God's doing. We want to hear how you're stepping out in new faith, too. Tell us about your new faith stories. Tell us about courage where you've stepped out, where God's met you. Lift us up. Send us a testimony. Tell us we can share it. We'll share it as well. And also, while you're doing this thing, hit subscribe, like, notify, whatever site you're on, and share your comments and tell other people. Share it over to other people, and we'd love to have you as a partner or a supporter. Go to our Patreon site at on the dock. Dot org. You can find a link to that, or you can go to Patreon and download it yourself. Find us at On The Dock with Pastor Troy. We have four partner levels, three sponsor levels. We'd love to have you. And as always, Donna, would it be okay if they came to church here? Of course. We'd love to have you 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. We have a great Bible study on Wednesdays, great service on Sundays, great children's program. You can watch us at coftv.com on our virtual network at YouTube or Facebook as well under Community Faith Church, but we mostly want to see you come out here live. Lord bless you. We love having you. We're going to look forward to seeing you back on the dock real soon. I'm Pastor Troy with Mother Beth. Hey, Mother Beth, did a good job. Hey, Pastor Troy. Yeah, Donna, Ben, and Lucas, we're signing out here. We'll give you all peace out. Lord bless you. We'll see you soon. We're on the dock. Pastor Troy.